0: well hey welcome back to the highland group cast i'm jeremy i'm emily and today we're going to talk about grief we're honored to have beth smith with us beth thanks for being on today
1: sure happy to be here uh, Beth, you grew up in Waco, is that right? I did. Yeah, from the time I was 12 uh, until I finished Baylor, awesome, and then moved away.
2: That's awesome. Uh, Beth is married to Dale Smith, who is wonderful. Uh, you guys have five children, um, and you do? yes, you have a precious new granddaughter. Um,
1: you and Dale were story runners with Crew. Is that right? Right, yeah, it's a small ministry that um, worked with unreached people groups that um, are oral, so either didn't have a written language um, or and maybe no scripture um, or just parts of it. So we did that for almost 20 years.
2: That's awesome. And um, now you have started a new ministry doing something similar, right, Uh, partnering with pastors Uh, local churches around the world right
1: right yeah yeah we're actually doing it's it's basically like follow-up to what we did with story runners where we're going in where there are already story translations in a language and helping the nationals uh, the believers there actually start story groups and plant churches uh, that way and it's it's really Exciting. That's awesome. So we are in the process of trying to connect uh, churches here with uh, language groups and uh, movements over there. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well,
2: that's awesome. Okay, so here's an important question. What is your grandmother name? And what is Dale's grandfather name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, my grandmother name is Bibi, B-I-B-I, and Dale is Pops. I and love it. Just, just real quickly, uh my initials um for, with my maiden name were uh, bb and so our kids said well we think that's kind of a neat name and then come to find out it's actually the name for grandmother in several languages one of them being swahili so oh that's we perfect did some work <laughs> years ago in tanzania where uh, I love you that. know with that language so anyway and then pops is um
2: I feel like that that fits Dale very well. If anybody knows Dale, he just, he looks like a pops. I feel like he acts like a pops. It's just perfect for him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's kind of a story to that too. But anyway, that's who we are. And it is so much fun being grandparents. We still can't believe it. We don't feel old enough to be grandparents, but obviously we are. You're totally Um,
0: not. Totally not.
1: Selma is just perfect. And we've already told all of our children, sorry, but she is way cuter than any of you ever were. Of course she is. Absolutely. So it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah,
0: well, I, I don't know how to transition from that into a conversation. <laughs> I <know>. Beautiful grandbabies <laughs> I know. Uh, And into grief, but maybe we can transition it this way. I bet your children are grieving the fact that you now believe that your grandchildren are probably more beautiful <laughs> than they are. Yeah. Um, which is a ridiculous thing. I'm sorry I said that, actually. Um, but... <laughs> So today, uh, we really do want to spend a little time uh, talking uh, about grief, and I think, you know, the beauty of the scriptures, uh, especially, you know, that we get to see in Jesus, uh, is that he yes. was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we know that grief is something that we will uh, walk through in this life, that suffering either has come or will come for um a majority of us, um, at, but uh, we also know that we want to be able to walk well with people through it, and so we, we're grateful that you're here to uh, kind of help us um, think through what it looks like to walk with someone through, um, through grief. But before we get started, I don't think you have to go into a ton of detail or anything like that, um, can you just give us a little bit of your story um, and... I'd I'd love for people to hear it because you have been so incredibly faithful um, and just uh, the work that the Lord's done uh, in your heart has just been phenomenal for me to even get to see from a distance mostly, but um, some of the Mm -hmm. conversations we've had have just been really, really um, difficult for sure, but beautiful also.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um, before I I, I share... um, I will say that one of the most healing things I think for anybody who has been through loss, um, and specifically the kind of loss that we've experienced has been being able to minister to somebody else Mm. because the minute you're able to see what your experience, um, has to offer somebody else, um, and the focus gets off of you and onto somebody else. There's, there's so much healing in mm. that. And so um, that's why I love being here. I never mind sharing about it. Um, I know it, especially in our situation um, with our child loss, and because of the nature of it, it's really hard for people to talk about, and they're mm-hmm. very uncomfortable a lot of times asking about it. But I think anybody who has been through uh, loss knows um, it's not that they want to talk about it, but they want it so much to be used mm-hmm. um, to help somebody else. And so for that reason, it it is really OK, you know, to talk about. So I'll just share real quickly. Um, and Jeremy, I don't even know if, if you know this, but uh, when I was in my 20s, um, I lost my first husband in a in a car accident mm-hmm. suddenly and um, we had an almost three-year-old, and that is my 37-year-old son now. Um, So I've gone through that loss. And then in 2010, I actually went through um, advanced stage breast cancer and uh, went through a double mastectomy. And there was really a lot of loss and grief, even in that. Um, Even though that wasn't a death, I think just being faced with the prospect of your own death um, and then just the loss of, um, a kind of normalcy, like, you know, nothing's ever, ever bad's going to happen. Even though I had been through, um, a, a loss, uh, a death loss earlier, uh, that was a different kind of grief. Um, but certainly one that, you know, that I got past. <laughs> and then I think the, the most difficult, um, situation by far that we've experienced was the loss of our youngest son Samuel in July of 2017 uh, we're at 33 months um, Samuel was uh, traveling uh, on his way between Louisiana his grandparents to see his sister in Nashville and he planned to camp he loved to camp and um, but along the way he um, picked up a hitchhiker Um, A man who was in his 30s and of course unbeknownst to Samuel um, had been in and out of prison on drug charges and was actually out on a 10 year suspended sentence at the time and so um, the man actually ended up going with Samuel to the campground we're not sure what all transpired but um, he uh, decided he wanted Samuel's truck and so he killed Samuel. Um, and again, we're not sure of all the details. We still have a trial coming up probably in August. It's been delayed two or three times. Um, but he he killed Samuel there at the campground. Um, and his body was not found for four days. And so, uh, anyway, that has been what we've dealt with. The man was on the run for about three months. Um, they knew who he was. They had him on security videos at various places and uh after three months and i'm convinced it's just because we had so many people praying uh the man actually walked in a sheriff's department in mississippi and turned himself in Hmm. though he has been in jail in northern mississippi since october of 2017 and we are awaiting trial in mississippi so
0: yeah and i think just a couple of things that um even that you talked about there um, in the distinctions, and really, the the different ways that we can face grief. So you had, um, you know, first you had the sudden loss of your husband, your first husband. Uh, mm-hmm. Then kind of the the grieving uh, through the health issues, and then uh, really with Samuel, you have got a, a grief that that is kind of it, it's hard to find closure for because there's so many things that are still going on. Um, right. And so, sister, you've walked through you you have walked through it. And I think one of the things that's been so encouraging to me uh, just over the time that uh, that I've gotten to know you is um, what you said at the very beginning, that, um, that you feel these things have happened so that you can minister to others. And I, I, what a beautiful picture of the Scriptures, right, that we… Mm-hmm. Um, that um, we're comforted by the God of all comfort who comforts us with a heavenly comfort so that we can be a comfort to others. So even in the midst of all of this, the fact that you're seeking and finding ways that you might be a comfort to others uh, and even doing this, equipping others to be a comfort to others um, is just so encouraging. And so thank you for being on. Thank you for uh, sharing your story. And I think, Emily has some questions that <laughs> yeah, maybe you can help us. Okay.
2: Um, and it's been fun, you know, just to get to know you personally, your walk with the Lord, your humility before Him, uh, even in the midst of all this, which is just so inspiring and um, just a ministry to so many people. But uh, one of the things that you mentioned to me, and I know you've said it to me in the past, is you uh, just the way that you define grief uh, is, mm-hmm. is very... Um, I don't know what the word is, but I I love your definition for grief that you mentioned to me the other day, and you've talked about it in the past. Would you mind defining grief for us uh, in the way that you did it for me several days
1: ago? Sure, sure. And it's really a very general uh, definition, I think, because um, like we were talking earlier, you know, grief really encompasses more things than just um, sadness over a death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the way I described it to you, Emily, is that grief is really just it's the process of, of just dealing with all the conflicting feelings and emotions that are caused by the end of something that's familiar to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously for me, that's been um, the end of a, a relationship with a young husband and the father of my child and and then of course obviously with the loss of Samuel which completely reframes your life and your family and the dynamics and everything so um but i know there are other kinds of grief too any kind of loss that that brings you to the end of something and then all the feelings and and emotions that go along with that and how how you deal with it um and also you know, I think that on the outside <clears throat> looking in, um people just assume that grief is something that you work through, you push through it to get to the other side. But you know, one thing that I've found especially through um uh, through Samuel's death has been that, that there there is no other side. There's really no pushing through. Mm-hmm. It's really more of an absorption. Mm-hmm. Um uh, an adjustment and then just an acceptance that life is different you know it's it's grief isn't something that you complete you you really endure it it's not like a task that you finish and then you just move on but it becomes like an alteration of of, of your being like a new way of seeing and just a new definition of self mm-hmm. so so yeah, I think and that's again, that can come from anything, from a lot of things.
0: Yeah, that that's so good. And I know that uh, when we were doing our etc class, we talked about that. You and I did a lot, just the idea that um, like. Like your son's death, or the death of your husband, or even um, the the cancer that you walk to—like it's just something that you get over, right? Um, and so the I, I love the way you describe it—that it's not something that you get over; it's not something that you get past. It's something that uh, will mark you and it will change you. Um, but the way that it's marked you and the way that it's changed you um, has been an an incredibly sanctifying thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I think, um, just that idea that it's not something that you get past or you get over, um, but it's something that, um, the Lord will absolutely use to change you and to mark you, um, right. so that. You know, you're you're just you're just different, and not in a bad way, not in a not in a lesser way, not in a <laughs> uh, not in an angry or bitter way. And that's, you know, it's just I'm I right. am different now because of these things, um, right? And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great distinction that it's not something that you get over or you get through these losses because you don't you're never going to forget yep. it right you're never going right. to forget these things you never you never want to right you never want to forget exactly. these things uh, right I'm
1: glad and I'm glad you said that you never want to because in a way it's it's like well you know for me to just get over my child's death is in a way it's like almost dishonoring to him like hmm. Samuel made an indelible mark on my life and him being here and losing him has changed me. It's changed all of us. It's changed Dale. It's changed our other four children. Um, So, yeah, it's, and I think in a way that's comforting for people to know um, I'm grieving, but I don't have to ever get over it. Mm. You know, it's, it's really, it's really okay to spend the, the rest of my life in grief. It's just that that grief is going to change, and there are going to be a lot of good, beautiful things that can come out of it. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, Jeremy, we can become better Mm -hmm. because of it. I I want to be better because of it. I want good things to come
0: from it. So then do you Um, think – I mean – Obviously, no one would ever say, "Oh, you should forget these things," or they they mean it in a way that would be dishonoring to you. So, do you think that kind of what they're meaning is like that? That depth of depression and that depth of suffering mm-hmm. they're 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 trying to speak encouragement to say, "You'll you'll get through this," or "You'll get over this part of it," um, right. but they just don't know how to say it. So, as you're walking through those things, and people are trying to give you uh, that that helpful and encouraging advice, what were some of the things that people would say that you were just like why would you why would you say that like why would you why would you even mention that <laughs>
1: Okay, are you asking me what things people said that
0: were not helpful? Or? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What were things that people said that you are just like, I don't, uh, because here's <laughs> okay. here's what we know. We're walking through a season yeah. where, um, you know, loss is kind of. We'll have people that are losing jobs. We'll have people who uh, right. are losing um, the financial security. We'll have people that are losing um, all, all kinds of things. Honestly, and maybe some that are losing uh, that that there will be that permanent loss of life. Maybe some people are having to move or so all of these yep. opportunities for grief uh, and then people step in and they do. I mean, I think they have good intentions and they want to help, but um, mm-hmm. we have a tendency when we just want people to feel better, right? That's the yes. biggest thing about grief. Like we don't want people to have to feel bad because we don't want to feel bad. We That's just want right. to get past it. What are some right. of those things that people said to you because <laughs> they just wanted you to be able to get past? Yeah. They just wanted their I, old Beth back, you know, the, that that yeah, you were like, I'm glad Oh, I'm, these I'm glad are helpful.
1: Way because Mm -hmm. that has actually been said to me by Mm -hmm. people who love me very much. We just want to see the old Beth, you know, return that laughs and that's, you know, um, yeah, people don't want, it hurts them to see you hurt. And so they're not minimizing your loss, but it comes across that way. Like things like, well, you know, at least you have four other children um, or, you know, Uh, he's in a better place or, Mm. you know, God has a reason for everything. And so I think in their desire to help and make you feel better, it comes across as minimizing where Mm. really the best thing that, um, that anybody can do or say is just, I mean, it's found in the second chapter of Job and I love Mm. uh, where, we are told that Job's friends came and they just sat with him Mm. and didn't say a word. Mm. And you know, I look back um, to when my first husband was killed. Uh, There is one man that I will never forget as long as I live. And here, you know, we were young, we were in our 20s. He was a friend of Steve's, um, and was a policeman. And um, he came to the house Uh, right after he got word that Steve had been killed. And I don't believe that he ever opened his mouth. He came, he sat next to me on the sofa. He took my hand and he sat there for probably at least two hours, maybe three. Never opened his mouth. Mm -hmm. And out of all the people that came by and offered their condolences, how can I help? He's the one that I most remember because he just sat with me Mm -hmm. and I knew he was hurting. I knew he didn't know what to say, but he wasn't afraid of that. And he didn't just come in and say, well, let me know if there's anything you need and leave because he was awkward. He just sat. And I think anybody who's gone through what I have would tell you that is the most helpful thing. And then just to say, I am so, so sorry for what's happened and my heart breaks for you. Um, And and again, with, with the loss of Samuel, um, I know you all know Jimmy Dorrell. he's a dear, dear friend um, of, of ours, and <clears throat> was my youth director at Highland when I was growing up, and um, most people know that, that Jimmy and Janet lost a son several years ago. And when Jimmy learned about Samuel's death, we got an email, and it, had, it, said, it was three words in the email, and it just said, "My heart breaks. Hmm. Love Jimmy." Yeah, And we we knew that he understood. That's all he had to say. So anyway, I would say the less you say, the better. Hmm. But it's just being there and it's sitting with somebody.
0: Yeah, I think learning that art of and learning that lesson of less is more, it really is a hard because we... You know, there's this space and we feel like we need to fill it. And I think, you know, you pointing to Job is such a great example that uh, while they were sitting with him and he's in his sackcloth and ashes and scraping himself Mm with uh, shards and pots, like they're sitting with him um, and everything they're doing is right until they open their mouth right Um, and and then they start talking and then everything just goes downhill and i think you know for us it's um you know we want to we want to help people find answers and we just don't have like when we start to try and answer questions that aren't ours to answer that we don't know the answer to um we'll man, we'll begin to say some things that can just be really, really sketchy and really, really unhelpful when, when yeah. the willingness to lean in and to just sit um, right. is is so much better. Um, though there are times when you know when we need to speak. If we see someone going off the rails or you know just being destructive, things like that, we want to be able to speak that truth. But in the beginning, just to be able to sit and to and maybe even listen. But even if they're not talking, just to Weep with those who weep, and to mourn with yep. those who mourn, um, and be comfortable in that silence is a is a hard lesson to learn. Um, but I yeah. think you said it really, really well. That the ones you remember the most are the ones who said the least, That's which right. I think is um, yeah. very, very. I'm not supposed to ask. I'm I'm not supposed to ask you questions or do any of this. Emily's supposed to be doing most of the talking. So I'm sorry <laughs> about okay.
1: that. I knew you weren't going to be able to not talk. About it. <laughs>
2: No, you are two of the best counselors I know, Uh, so I love listening to both (laughs) of you guys, but in kind of, in light of what you were saying about Job, you said something else that was really profound, Beth, uh, the other day, and I've seen this in you, uh, even just in, you know, my time of getting to know you better over the past few years, and Uh, So, but you talk about the idea of leaning into Christ and leaning into other people. And so, some of the people who are listening to this are themselves grieving loss right now. Um, And so, what do you mean when you encourage people to lean into the comfort of the Lord and to lean into the comfort of the community around them? And and why is it so important uh, to find that as opposed to, you know, I guess, I don't know what, what the word is, but... Um, you know, you mentioned the other day that isolation is a real feeling in grief yes. or in times of loss. And so what are some ways that we can, um, again, just go deeper into Christ in our sorrow, go deeper into community when we're grieving?
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the leaning is, I think so. I mean, there is such a tendency to isolate, you know, when we're going through a loss and Um, and I, I tell you, I think that that it's such a danger. And I think the enemy uses it. Um, you know, grieving is lonely. It's Mm -hmm. lonely even in a marriage because even husband and wife, Dale and I lost the same child, but we had different relationships with Samuel and he's a man and I'm a woman. And so we have grieved differently. Um, and I, and again, I think any kind of loss it's, spouses are going to look at it differently and grieve differently. So it can be a very lonely thing. But and and that's why I just believe that leaning into Jesus is you have to do that because it's and it's very hard to lean on anybody else if you're not leaning first into him. And for me the way that I did that um was just through scripture um through and I literally had to force myself many times mm. to just worship right. and praise him. I had to open my mouth and make myself sing. Um, a week after uh, we had the funeral for, for Samuel, Dale and I got up and we made ourselves go to church. It was so hard. And we and we just slobbered and cried through the mm. whole thing. We were messes. But it was so good for our hearts just to pour them out, Um you know, before the Lord and, and worship and sing. And then for others in that church body, we were living in Florida at the time we were in a small church, but for others to just, you know, see our pain and rally around us and hug us and love on us was, was so good. So, um, yeah, so definitely leaning into the Lord and, you know, Emily, we talked the other day about this too. I found, uh, in all three of my situations that I mentioned, that the foundation that I have laid for myself spiritually before I ever went through Mm -hmm. one of those um, uh, events uh, was critical Mm -hmm. because when you're in the middle of grief and pain you are not really in a position to to build on a foundation you know Um, it's it's hard sometimes just to sit down and open the Bible and read. You're in such a grief fog and you're in so much pain that it can be paralyzing. So the foundation that you lay before, I mean, if there's, if there is such a thing as being prepared for, uh, for a future loss or grief, which Jeremy, you said, you know, most people go through it. I would say everyone, mm-hmm. if they live, a fairly long life, they're going to experience loss Mm -hmm. and grief. We lose our parents. We lose, you know, Mm -hmm. even pets. So um, I would say being prepared by knowing the scripture and not just knowing it, not just memorizing, but internalizing scripture, Um, learning about God's character. Because if you don't know enough about God's character, you are going to question if God is really good. And if you question if God is really good, your your whole theology is going to be so thrown off. Um, but knowing about God's character by internalizing the Scripture is going to convince you that He is good all the time, no matter what. Even if your son is murdered, even if you hmm. are are on a you know a sick bed with cancer, no matter what, God is good. You may not understand it, but you can still that he's good all the time does. So laying that foundation I think is just super important um to help you really lean into him when, when that time comes that you need to. Um and then leaning on others is is just critical. And you know I have leaned God has God has been so beautiful to me in that when we moved here to Waco it was literally two weeks after Samuel's funeral. We were in the process of moving anyway. So we decided to go through with it. I don't think I would ever recommend that to anybody to go make that big of a change uh, that soon. But, you know, the Lord knew that we needed it. And, you know, we moved here. And within weeks, God brought several mothers into my life who had lost children. It, it, it was just amazing. And three of them live right here in my neighborhood. One of them is two doors wow. down from me. And those women have been such a lifeline to me too. uh They didn't always know the right thing to say. Their losses were different. Um, but they had been through grief. Obviously we're still grieving. Um, but you know, I mean, I knew they, they understood and they sat with me. They loved me. Um, And so that has been just an amazing thing that God provided that. And, you know, you can lean onto others that you don't even know. Mm I, um, I read some books that were just, um, so, so helpful. Um, I've, I've read, um, uh, writings of Elizabeth Elliot, who, you know, went through the loss of her husband, Jim, who was murdered by, um, you know, the Indians in Ecuador. Her story is beautiful. Um, Ruth Graham, Hudson Taylor, a missionary. I didn't even know until I started reading about him. And Emily, I shared this with you. By the time he was 53 years old, he had lost his wife and four of their children. One of them was named Samuel. And yet his perspective on that was so beautiful and so encouraging to me um, just to read. And, And there are scads of books written by bereaved parents Mm -hmm. that are so helpful um, to read. So did I – that was kind of a – No, that's awesome. No, that's a wonderful
2: (laughs) answer. I
1: think that's
0: great. Yeah. No, I mean, I think – one of the things that you pointed out is um, one the isolation and two how you and Dale just grieve differently. I think we mm-hmm. we have a tendency to want everything to be really clean and nicely packaged, and so we want you to go mm-hmm. through your five stages in a, in particular <laughs> order to just go ahead and knock yeah. those out in an appropriate time frame, and then be done mm-hmm. with it. Um, mm-hmm. But just the idea that I mean everybody is going to grieve. Uh, differently, uh, did you have? And again, I'm not supposed to ask you questions, but I just, I, I just want to ask: Did you have, like, maybe in those moments when, um, uh, when maybe you were? Um, What's I, I don't I never want to say not grieving well, but uh, when your responsive heart wasn't in a place where it probably should be towards the Lord, uh, did you have yeah. anybody yeah. who was willing to speak into that and just say, "Hey, I, I'm going to walk with you, and I want to sit with you, I want to hear from you," but but let's remember the goodness here. Did you did you have yeah. anybody like that for you?
1: I I did, Jeremy. I did, and you know, um, and this again, just the goodness of God. Dale and I, even though we have grieved differently, there's been a lot. It's been the same. And we are of meltdowns. I think that's what you're asking. Like, have you ever just had an absolute complete meltdown where you just said, I don't want to do this anymore? It's too painful to take another breath. Um, And then just the anger, you know, in our situation, just the anger and the temptation to. Be unwilling to forgive mm-hmm. the man that you know took our son's life. Um, so, but when we have struggled with that, it's like when one of us is down in the gutter, the other one isn't. And we've learned how to just pull each other up out of the gutter. And God has been so good to keep us literally through the entire 33 months. I don't, I can't recall one time where we were both in the ditch mm-hmm. at the same time. So and there and there've been two or three others. My mom has been amazing, even in and I know she has grieved deeply for her grandson, but also watching her daughter go through something and not being able to fix it, as moms like to do. Um, and so she's been a great encouragement for me, and I I have had a couple of close friends that have done that uh, who have not been afraid of the mess and and my. You know, the things that come out of my mouth that sound hopeless and and I don't want to do this anymore. And then to have somebody go, oh, yes, you can. And yes, you will. Mm. You know, so, um, so and I think sometimes as, you know, in talking to those out there that are listening who are going, how can I minister to, how can I help this person, my friend, my sister, whoever that's going through loss? Sometimes you really do have to just grab a hold of them and say, mm-hmm. "No, you will. You are going to get through this." Mm-hmm. Um, and then point them when they're ready. I would I would say it's not going to be in the first few days or a week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's when you need to sit and mm-hmm. keep your mouth shut, probably. But there's going to be a time where they're they're going to be needing answers. What do I do? How do I what do I do with this feeling of hopelessness? And that's where the encouragement to get them to lean into Jesus and um, go to Scripture and worship, um, and then and then not to isolate, but mm. to take advantage of the community of believers that God has given us. You know, and He wants us to lean on on one another. So, yeah.
0: I think you know that's that's so good I think one of the things that you know, we we kind of talked about in the beginning. You'll have people who they, they want to help you fix it. You know, they want to fix the way they want the old Beth back. They want they want you back the way you were, and so they're saying things that aren't necessarily helpful. And then on the opposite mm-hmm. end of that, I think you've also got people who are like, oh, well, they're grieving, and so everything they're doing is okay. It's just it's okay that they're and, uh, so unwilling to kind mm-hmm. of lean in and say hard things in the moment. Like, no, you mm-hmm. you you don't get to be bitter. You don't get to <laughs> Right there's these there's these things that we're right. not allowed to like because the scriptures have called us not to but how do we yeah. you know again point back to truth and do those things so it's um, I, I think that isolation piece is so good it's it's impossible to do that to have those people do that um mm-hmm. when you're isolated and when when there's no one around you so i think just that aspect of oddly enough is the highland group cast and so we uh, we love community mm-hmm. and so that idea of actually being known by others even in your grief being known it becomes so incredibly important so that's that's really good yeah, yeah. don't isolate but Emily, do you have yeah. a, any other questions? No other questions. I have
2: no other questions. Whoa! Um, yeah, but I love it. One of the things that you know I love about you, Beth, is that you have allowed the Lord, just like we've talked about, just in your humility before Him, your trust of Him. Um, I, one of the things you know when we meet weekly that you always tell me is that you rest in the sovereignty and the authority of God above all things. And that has ministered to me so much just because I know you and I know Dale and what you guys have experienced, but that your deep resting and abiding trust in the Lord um, has truly just ministered to me. So I thank you for that. And I know it ministers to so many other people. Um, But yeah, so thank you so much for being willing to share your story, but also just your wisdom and your experiences. And um, yeah, we just love you.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh,
1: Thanks. Thanks for saying that. And, you know, I would just to go back to what what I said at the beginning, uh, Jeremy and Emily, is that the the most fulfilling thing for me now in in my life is to see God use my experiences and my pain. I I love what I don't know who it was, but some pastor said, you know, your misery gives birth to your ministry. And, um, I can't say that I love that God has given me this platform for ministry, but he has, and, um, and it's not, you know, why me it's well, why not me? And, and so I I want to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives me to use what he has done for me and is doing for me, um, to be a blessing to somebody else. So I just want to say you know I I am more than happy for my email to be shared if anybody wants to contact me. Uh, I'm totally willing and and happy to visit with anybody on a one-on-one basis um, it you know if they would like to to talk more about it or if I can be an encouragement to anybody so So you know. thank you so much for
0: yeah, thanks for Thank being you, with us, Beth. We appreciate you. And, um, man, I, I think convicting uh, um, it, and uh, really challenging, I think, are two words that I, that describe that well. And so the idea of being able to lean in and listen, not to try and give answers or uh, kitschy or cliche um, statements to try and draw people out of it to um, just be... To be able to sit and to mm-hmm. to mourn and to grieve with uh, with yeah. those who are grieving is is really important. And then, um, man, really trying to draw people out of isolation and into mm-hmm. relationship, into community is such a huge thing. And so, yeah. and thank you for sharing with us today. And uh, we're yeah. grateful for your wisdom. Uh, yeah. And man, I yeah. I got. I got nothing else to say. I probably shouldn't have said most of the things I that I did say. I should have just let you talk. Um, but wow. we're grateful for you. Grateful for okay. you.
1: Thanks, Beth. Grateful for you all too. Thanks again.
0: Yeah, and I will say, if you're out there and you're listening and you just – you know you have questions about what it looks like to walk with someone through grief or you're walking with someone in grief you can email me jeremy-daniel at highlandbc.org you can email emily emily-kelly at highlandbc.org and we'd love to uh, either talk with you through those things or get you connected with someone who can help you walk through those things but that's all we've got for you today i'm jeremy i'm emily and we'll see you next time